So, here we are again. I'm Sean. You're Birch. No, I pointed yeah, at you. Right. Then. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you're no, right. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't forget your name. I was pointing at you like, you talk now. I'm going to do it now. Birch. Yeah. Every time I point at you, you have to say your name. Birch. 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 <laughs> it looked as though you were reaching for my name before. <laughs> so No, I wasn't reaching. I was oh, okay. pointing. Okay. Well, that's who I am. Thank you for joining us again for another wonderful podcast. Mm, that remains to be seen. Well. Another podcast. There's just, there's not. I think a lot of people will be wondering quite a few things listening to this podcast. So I think mm. wonderful might be a, a very well put, very eloquent. Yeah. Yeah. And this week we're talking about James Bond. James Bond. So if anybody who hasn't heard of this uh, James Bond fellow... He's a secret agent. Mm. Not many people know about him. Yes, he's very secret. We're going to let you in on the secret that is James Bond. So he's typically a man. And I say typically because the reason James Bond is so hard to pin down is because he is not one man. <laughs> he is, uh, what, seven mans? Would you fancy giving us a rundown of uh, in Bond impressions? Bond impressions? Yeah, so, you know, we'll start with <laughs> Sean Connery. Um, okay. Uh, yes, uh, miss. Uh, hey, miss Moneypenny. Hey, sure, sure as you clam. Brilliant. Definitely done. Spot on. And then you've got, um, bad guy from Mrs. Doubtfire, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's famously boo, known. Boo. <laughs> Let Robin Williams take the kids. <laughs> yeah. Why did they split up in the film? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> Violent alcoholic. <laughs> it doesn't go into that. Why do you think it's like? I know what I can do. I know what I can do to get my kids back. I dress up as a woman. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go over there. And I'll take the kids. He. That was the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids. I mean, uh, hi. It's me, not your dad. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Dad, we can see it's you. No, it's not. It's not my dad. It's me, Mrs. Outfire. Uh, oh, I'm crazy, lady. I used Let's to play. be a fullback. <laughs> There's no coon. There's a great um, story about um, Robin Williams when he was uh, getting uh, prepared for the role of Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. Um, he got put up in in the makeup and, and the outfit and everything. And of course, this is well, they were due to film it, so no one knew the character Mrs. Doubtfire, who's now a very famous character in cinema. But no one knew uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, so Robin Williams dressed up as the character and went down the street, just kind of like talking to people annoying people <laughs> people and uh, yeah and no one had a clue and there's this great story that he told where he went into uh, a sex shop and he um he uh, goes and finds this like massive uh double-headed uh, double-headed uh, dildo there and he picks it up and he goes to the counter and in the voice he's like excuse me do you have this in black <laughs> you got a favorite james bond film License to Murder. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, isn't it? That's the one where um, uh, Bond and Blofeld have to do a breakdancing competition. And Blofeld's got the advantage because his head's bald and he waxes it up. 
Right. Uh, and it does a head spin, uh, a really good one, and uh, Bond can't compete. So he just kicks him, <laughs> runs away. It's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Do you have a favourite? Um, my favourite uh, would have to be um, the man with the golden arse. <laughs> a lot of gold in Bond films. There is, yeah. Um, Goldfinger, the man with the golden gun. Do you think Goldfinger and the man with the golden arse, do you think anything ever happened between those two? <laughs> you'd, you'd think so. You'd think yeah. their paths would kind of cross in the, uh, the, the gold uh, circles. Well, famously, Bond films have have sex scenes in them, but I don't think they'd put that in. <laughs> very metallic. <laughs> Those two meeting, yeah. A very metallic love scene. Yeah. Lots of clinking sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so famously, a uh, couple of tropes that, you know, we all associate with Bond. Mm. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah. Which was um, how he liked his sesame seeds. A lot yeah. of people think it's something to do with a martini, but no, it's sesame seeds, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah. He liked shake them. Well, he put them in a put them in a shoe. <laughs> shake them up. He's to love it. He's to love it. <laughs> Shaking all his sesame seeds together in a shoe. I like this. Yeah, I, I love that kind of like famous image of like the one of the most deadliest spies in the world just sat in a corner on on his on his butt. <laughs> just kind of like shaking a shoe, just with it up close to his ear, so he yeah. can hear the sound of the sesame it soothes seeds. Him. It's soothing. He's got very traumatic um, memories of all the people he's ever murdered. Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, they've only, I don't know. Even with the more recent ones, does he show a heck of a lot of remorse? I don't know. I think they give a bit of a nod to him having. PTSD. I don't really remember, but it's not. Yeah. He certainly doesn't really show remorse. Well, I mean, they're not going to show Inspector more, so he's not, certainly not going to show remorse. Oh, I could see you waiting for me to finish what I was saying. <laughs> I knew you had something. <laughs> I just wasn't sure what. I think that'd be a good, uh, like the next Bond film. I think they should have him and Inspector Morse solving crimes together. Isn't the guy who played Morse dead? So is Roger Moore, and like Bond carries on. So you're saying more should be like um, it should have people stepping into the role, yeah. continuously every every four or five films or so. Yes, someone bringing something new to Morse. Maybe they could do what they did um, for Peter Cushing in Rogue One with the guy who played Inspector Morse. Get him back, CGI him. They've got hours of footage, way more than they ever had of P- Peter Cushing in the original Star Wars films. Mm, that's true. What was the guy who played Inspector Morse called? I, th- I, I thought he was just like a Morse. You think that was his real name? Yeah, his first name was Inspector. Inspector, yeah. But yeah, I just kind of like, it, it did take me out in, it, rather than just kind of like it, looking at the scene. As much as I really enjoyed Rogue One, I thought it was great. Um, I just kind of like found myself studying his face. Yeah. Because you went to his funeral as well. So it must have been even more disconcerting for you. That's right, yeah. Well, I mean, I was kind of like something like the cause of it. So I thought it'd be fair to show my face. Yeah, um, yeah. The cause of it, sorry. I I, mi- I almost skipped over that. Go on. Yeah. I, I don't like to talk about it too much. Um, I bet you don't. I, not while, well, uh, I'm sure with the legal case still pending, it's yeah. probably not sensible for you to talk about it too yeah. much. Well, we'll say I'm, I'm the reason he's not, he's not here. You can't give us any more information? Well, okay, we we, we can we, we can uh, air this after the uh, after the court case. Yeah. Um. Once uh, once everything. Once the trial's over. Yeah. Can't be done for the same thing twice. So. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll. I'm not we'll sure give that's it exactly story. what double jeopardy is, but. <laughs> Basically, I um, fed him uh, 
uh, penguins, uh, not the animal, the, the the chocolate biscuit. I'd just like to, and I just Thank kept you. on. I kind of had him uh, kind of stuck to a like a, a chair uh, with elastic bands. <laughs> <laughs> elastic bands. <laughs> he was quite old at this point, so he couldn't really. I had quite a few of them, uh, and they were the, the thick ones, not like the little. You're, not your your average your postman. Your professional postman's elastic band. Yeah, like your really kind of uh, thick, quite strong elastic bands. Mm. Um, and I had him tied to a chair uh, by those. And I just kept force-feeding him uh, penguin bars. <laughs> and every time I'd read the little joke on the back of it. <laughs> but he loved to laugh. So <laughs> yeah. He's fam- he loved to laugh. He's, well, a good, he's a joker, so he probably appreciated that. Well, um, about 120 in, he wasn't laughing so much. Uh. But... Um, I mean, is that really a crime? <laughs> Force-feeding an ageing actor penguins until he... Well, what did he die of? What was the actual cause of death? Death by misadventure is what's actually the mortician um, came back with, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the, the, the coroner's report literally just said he's fucked. <laughs> in capital letters. Yeah, so I'm hoping that works to my advantage yeah, in yeah. court next week. Uh so yeah, it must have been quite, quite hard for you to see Peter Cushing there on screen. Yeah, all I all I could think of was uh, little penguin jokes <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching the film and at the funeral. I couldn't help but smirk to myself. Do you remember any of the jokes? Um, let's have a think. Uh, penguin jokes. Um, oh, well, like there's. Uh, uh, why did the lion get lost? Don't know why. Because jungle is massive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a joke on a penguin bar. <laughs> I don't think kids who eat penguin bars uh, will get that reference it's a little bit before their time. Love a bit of drum and bass. Peter Cushing would have got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was big a fan. big part of that scene. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge. One of the mainstays until his untimely death at your hand. <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember how we started talking about Peter Cushing. <laughs> I'll tell you what there is to say about James Bond. That bloody um, GoldenEye video game. Oh. Brilliant. My God, that was, yeah. That was classic on the N64. Mm-hmm. Odd job throwing his little hat about. Oh, yeah. The game was over when uh, Odd Job was in the arena. Yeah, that guy's a nutter. <laughs> that guy was an absolute nutter. He could do any odd job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does um, post-retirement. <laughs> It's odd jobs, odd jobs. <laughs> odd, odd, odd jobs, Bob a job. <laughs> he'll, uh, yeah, he'll, like clean out your guttering for a. Hey, that's what I was going to go for, guttering. <laughs> that's funny, isn't it? As soon as we say odd job, we think of guttering. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of is. A bit of an odd job. Plug holes, paint a fence, anything. He'll, he'll do it. No job too small. Or odd. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> no job too odd. That'd be a great. That'd be a great on the kind of well, his little flyer. Oh, I don't know. People could take advantage of that. They can. <laughs> Someone ringing him up. He's just like breathing quite heavily. He's like, just how odd can you go? <laughs> like, mate, do you, me, do, you me to, do you want me to clean your guttering? Oh yes, you can clean my guttering. <laughs> Yeah, I bet he gets all sorts of weirdos calling him up. <laughs> well, that's the problem because he mainly advertises his business in um, he etches it into um, pub toilet stalls. Yeah, 
in the uh, the toilet stalls. Yeah, he just scratches it in with his keys. It's like odd jobs, odd jobs. You know, any job done. Service with a smile. <laughs> he's got a bad sense of business. You know, he's good at throwing hats. Yeah, bad sense of business. You know, he just he's, he's the wrong clientele. He's attracting with um, that kind of marketing. That's true. We could help him with that. Yeah, we'll leave this in. And um, it'll give a bit of business for him. Yeah. Uh, odd job, if you're listening, uh, do give us a call. <laughs> we can give you some uh, business advice. Um, just kind of, yeah, tell you where to take your business. Because there is potential there for odd jobs, bobber job. Um, but just need to need, need a push in the right direction, mate. Yeah. And, you know, we'll leave this in. We'll mention it. People will get, um, get a bit of momentum on it. But mm. we don't have any of your contact details. We don't know where to send people. No. We don't We don't know that yet. I don't even think he's still alive. Really? It must be his son who's taken over the business. <laughs> Odd job, junior, job. Oh, I can't even... That's a real tongue twister now. Odd job, junior, bobber job. <laughs> junior. Bobber, junior, job, knob. <laughs> Odd job, junior, bobber job. <laughs> Sounds like some kind of African dish. <laughs> I have the Odd job, junior, bobber job. Mm, that sound tasty. <laughs> Oh, that that actually, um, you know, that leads to a, a good topic of conversation. Mm. So, who is your favourite Bond villain? Oh, um, villain, uh, Christopher Lee. I find the henchman more memorable than the villains. Almost. It took me a while. Wait, who the hell was Christopher Lee? He was in the Man with the Golden Gun. He was the Man with the Golden Gun. It's been so long since I've seen that film. I'd completely forgotten. Is he playing? Is he Christopher Lee as Dracula? That's right. Yeah, I am the man with the golden gun. <laughs> Whoa, uh, uh, uh. That's right. That's right. And he, uh, James Bond, has to kind of uh, shove a uh, kind of a stake in his heart hmm. and like rub onions in his eyes <laughs> <laughs> to, to kill him. Wow, it's sad that you mentioned that because that's how Christopher Lee actually died, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Somebody a berserk Bond fan. Yeah, um, people need to realise that these films aren't actually real life. It's a work of fiction. Yeah, Christopher Lee isn't a vampire. No, nor a wizard. A dark wizard. Sad case of life imitating art, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, one for the postmodernists. I just hope that he saw the irony just as he was taking his last breath. Oh yeah, he was. He would have. I'm sure there was a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his face as he <laughs> slipped out of this world into his the eyes ether. stinging <laughs> over the sharp stick in his I say, eye. I say a glint in his eye. It was really just tears. Yeah, it was bits of onion. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, though, Christopher Lee, pick a first name. Mm? Oh, yeah. Surnames that are also a first name. It's just, oh, really? Terrible. Pick. Any other examples? What, of people with a first name and a, mm-hmm. as a surname? Um, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, really, come on. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> um, but uh, henchmen, uh, like I was saying, like the, the henchmen I think are a bit more memorable. Mm. Uh, the villains, you got Jaws. The shark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Blimey. <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, um, he fought uh, James Bond. Yeah. Uh, on land, which was the real surprising land thing. shark. Was land. he? He wasn't one of the street sharks, was he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Jaws from. Uh, he was a former member of the street sharks, um, but he um, he was uh, 
banished from the Street Sharks for you... being a little bit too wacky, bit, <laughs> too... a little bit too renegade. Wow, yeah. For the Street Sharks. I was going to say because he refused to fight for good. But well, he... pretty much. As well as being wacky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was wacky with his um, psychosis. Yeah. Like most people with psychosis. Yeah. Wacky people. That's true. Yeah. Um, have you seen how many Jaws films have you seen? They're four or they're more? Um, four is the one with Michael Caine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think there are four, aren't there? Um, I was reading somewhere about um, the novelization of Jaws 4, and it was talking basically to explain the fact that it, it brings back like one of the leads from one of the earlier films maybe from the first film or whatever and it's meant to be the same shark so to explain away the fact that the the shark has a per seems to have a personal vengeance against this particular character mm. it's written into the book that the shark is taken over by someone with voodoo powers who has it in <laughs> for the lead character you serious no i shit you not <laughs> this is in the novelization of jaws 4 is that is that the shark is under voodoo control, which is why he swims to wherever this man now is and starts attacking him. It's crazy. That's incredible. Shame they didn't utilise that for the film. A crying shame. <laughs> it could have been much, much better. I've started collecting um, novelizations of films. If I can find them in charity shops. I've got, so far, I've only got E.T. and uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> the best Batman film. Yeah, of course. Do you read them or, or are you just collecting them? I read nothing else. <laughs> That's why I need my collection to be bigger. At the moment, I'm only reading two books. I've never seen E.T. I know the book, though. What's the point I was going to make? Well, I'll tell you what, though. In E.T., it's not his finger that glows. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, God. In the book, it's not his finger that glows. It's his penis. And the, the scene at the end with Elliot. When Who? The, the kid. No, there's no kids in the book. Oh right, okay, that's interesting because that's kind of that's kind of a, a big part of what what the film is about. Yeah, really. Yeah, what what happens in the in the book? Um, he's just sort of fucking about. Et he comes down. Uh, he flies down on a magic bike that flies. <laughs> right, that's kind of <laughs> wheeled its way in in some fashion. Go on, <laughs> wheeled its way in. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So um, comes down on this on this bike. Uh, he's got a little red hood. Yeah, and uh, so he he enters a like a dirt bike tournament. Oh right, okay. Um, and it's basically the sort of trials and tribulations of uh, of that. You know, he for at the start of the film, you know, he can do every trick apart from a wheelie, and that's like his Achilles heel, as it were. So he goes on this quite long journey, um, spiritually, physically, uh, to learn how to do a wheelie. And at the end, you know, he doesn't think he can do it. And then um, Patrick Swayze walks in, mm. the actor, not he's playing himself. But again, this is all in the book. And he goes, uh, uh, nobody puts E.T. in the corner. <laughs> and then they get up on stage and um, he pops a wheelie. He helps him pop a wheelie. Jesus. Yeah. Great book. That's incredible. <laughs> so you're saying none of that's in the film? Um, not not quite. Um, he, he does. Um, he is on a bike at one point. Right. <laughs> Swayze. Uh, no, no, no. Sway Swayze doesn't even make it into the cut of the film. <laughs> Are you telling me Sw Swayze doesn't make it into the film at all? Not a mention, no. That's why I'm quite su surprised. 
Sacrilege. They took some liberties with this book. <laughs> they took some liberties with the film, you mean? <laughs> I don't know which came first. No. <laughs> no, nor do I. So what but what happens in the film? Well, um, the film is kind of like a... It's uh, quite a personal uh, story, basically, about growing up as a, as a child in a kind of suburb similar to where Steven Spielberg grew up. And it's uh, kind of... Is that the guy who wrote the book? That's the guy who directed the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like about this kid called Elliot who uh, feels quite lonely. His parents have uh, recently sp- split up and he doesn't have any friends. And then E.T. Uh, finds his way on Earth. And uh, they kind of become close friends. And it's kind of like a, a meditation on childhood loneliness and uh, relationships that we kind of mm. build uh, growing up. Uh, but you say the book's uh, about a, a dirt bike contest <laughs> yeah. uh, with Patrick none Swayze. The, yeah, none of that made it into the book. Dirt bike context. No, no, there's no dirt bike. The only uh, bike scene, uh, I hope I'm not spoiling it for you, is uh, like towards the end of Go the on, film. Yeah. Go on, um, Where they kind of rescue E.T. from these scientists that are kind of like picking him apart. Um, picking him apart? Yeah. They, oh, my God. They mistake him for a chicken. It's kind of like set around. Well, he is finger him. looking good. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> not, not in your book, apparently. No, He's uh, something it's... else looking good. <laughs> um <laughs> And so they're picking him apart because they assume he's a roast chicken. Yeah. And the, kid's, <laughs> and the kid's like, no, 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 what are you doing, mate? He's an alien. And so they manage to kind of get him out of there, p- plop him in like the uh, the basket at the front of this bike. Kids are like running away, uh, riding away from the cops who are chasing them. There's this like barricade uh, in front of them of these uh, that these police cars have made. Policemen are stood oh, there just like. Right. And, he, and this is where he finally pops <laughs> that wheelie over the barricade. A wheelie of sorts. <laughs> He's kind of ET makes the bikes fly. And really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fly and they kind of like go over. That's good. They go over the police cars. Yeah. Everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" Somehow, it Jiminy Jillikers. Of- yeah, exactly. Somehow, it all of a sudden turns to nighttime in the continuity. Right. They f- there's that famous scene where they're flying in front of the moon. And you can kind of like see their silhouettes in the reflection of the moon. And you've got the music in the background. It's a flying bike. Oh my God. Bikes can fly. And I know that. Yeah. And so they're going along and then they reach um, E.T.'s. Um, they get ra- to his homeland, his home world. No, not quite. They don't reach his home world, but the spaceship uh, from it, which has all of his uh, aunties and uncles and, and second cousins. He's from space. Yeah, well, a planet in space. Well, we're all from space then, aren't we? Well, yeah, by, that de- <laughs> yeah. by that definition, I, we're I all guess from space. That's kind of a message you can take from it as well. At the end of the day, be you human or extraterrestrial, we're all kind of <laughs> occupying space. Now, you just mentioned extraterrestrial. Now, that wouldn't have anything to do with the initials ET, would it? That is exactly why they call them ET. Really? Yeah. This book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, I dare ask, what's he called in the book? No, well, I've just... This book left so much out. So much. None of that's in there. They never mention why it's called E.T. Not once. No, they don't mention it at all. Huh. Actually, <laughs> now that I think of it, in the book, he's not even referred to as E.T. He's just called Tim. Right. Tim. <laughs> Is is there any like mention of him being from another planet at all? No. 
No, no. Right, so <laughs> E.T., the extraterrestrial, the novelization is about a man called Tim who, who has a glowing knob who goes on a dirt bike competition with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that's, that, that sums it up pretty well. Right. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to lend me a copy of this book. <laughs> Are you saying St- Steven Spielberg wrote this? He, he did the film. I think oh, yeah, did the film, yeah. He, you well, mentioned he sorry, directed it, yeah. Um, and I think he might have... Someone else wrote the screenplay. He might have had some uh, kind of contribution to it in terms of the script, because, like I say, it's quite a personal uh, account of his childhood. Yeah. When, well, when he met an alien as a kid. Oh, yeah, in the suburbs, yeah. Mm. Well, I'll give it a look. Um, yeah, I'm surprised about the differences between the book and the film, but yeah, it doesn't sound nearly as exciting, to be honest. No, you've certainly painted quite an interesting picture. <laughs> um, now that I think about it, uh, the book I'm thinking of might actually be um, Tim the Dirt Bike Warrior. It might not be connected right. to E.T., did you say it was? E.T. E.T., yeah. Echo Tango. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Was um this Spielberg fellow, was this the guy who also uh, wrote the novelization of uh, Jaws 4? The voodoo shark. Um, I, I don't know whether he's ever delved into literature. Pretty pleased with that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Other Bond villains and henchmen. That's it, really, isn't it? Or Job and Jaws. They are the big two. Got Knickknack. Who the hell's Knickknack? Are you kidding me? Who the hell's Knickknack? Or Job and Knickknack? You know, Who Nick- named these people? Knickknack, you know, the crisp. Oh, yeah. Crispy little fellow. Yeah. And he, Bursting uh, with flavour, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, um, yeah, he uh, he kind of fights against uh, James Bond. And, and what did he throw? Was it his namesake, the, he just the famed a, crisp? He threw a tantrum. Oh, blimey. Um. Yeah. Embarrassing. When, when See a grown man. His, yeah. See a grown man throwing a tantrum like that. That's embarrassing for everybody. Yeah, whenever he didn't get his own way, he'd just kind of like uh, fall to his stomach and start beating <sighs> the floor with his fist. It's embarrassing to see. For a series that prides itself on having famous um, villains and that, I can't seem to think of any, like... Christopher Walken was a villain. He played um, Zagreb. Not Zagreb. That's the capital of Croatia. Um, who did he play? It began with Z. Zapdos. No, that's a Pokemon. What? Christoph Waltz? I said Christopher Walken, didn't I? Oh. Oh, sorry. I confused the two now. Uh, yeah, Christopher Walken. Yeah, he played... Oh, it was in A View to a Kill, wasn't it? Uh, Zorin. Max, Zorin. Max, Max Zorin. Zorin, yeah. Wasn't it his kind of like whole spiel, like kind of Silicon Valley? Um, mm. It had something to do with Silicon Chips, I'm sure. Because there's that scene where he's like in his uh, in his uh, dirigible, uh, and he <laughs> he's in his what? Sorry, dirigible. Okay, go on. Yeah, um, you just picked the most ridiculous word to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> what would you call it? Boat. Do you want to? Do I know what dirigible means? Do I know? Do I know what dirigible means? I don't think. Oh, come on. Let's, let's Google dirigible. Let's Google the word dirigible. You're pronouncing it wrong. It's dirigible. As in, this lasagna is absolutely dirigible. Airship. Oh, you mean a Zeppelin. If you like. 
I do like. Zorin Zeppelin. Now, why wouldn't you say that? Isn't that much more fun to say than Zorin's dirigible? I like uh, the enunciation involved in saying the word dirigible. Mm, okay. I'll give you that. So yeah, he throws all these uh, kind of silicon chips on the table, and he's like, Ow! James Bond! Yeah. I, <laughs> he's going to try and steal my chips. I can't have that. And you got... Um, Please tell me that's not the end of the impression. <laughs> um, doesn't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Um, More. He says, uh, like when he gets hit, I presume he goes, ow! Well, you said that anyway the first time. <laughs> yeah, but he says that a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's always being hit. Yeah. <laughs> People are always punching that man. Ow! So I've gathered you all here in my dirigible to <laughs> plan on killing James Bond. With, we're going to overfeed him with silicon chips by pretending that they're normal chips from a chippy. <laughs> Dastardly! That is that is really evil. That is bad because, like, being an Englishman, he's going to love his fish and chips. So he's going to like. He won't be able to help himself. It's like, would you like some chips? I just bought. He's like, yes, I would love some chips. Being an Englishman, sit down. Put on the blindfold. I mean, napkin. <laughs> and oh, you're tying it a little bit too high. <laughs> and, and around my eyes. <laughs> I don't want the vinegar to get in your eyes. And then he just says, uh, these are a bit uh, small and sharp. And he's like, oh, uh, really? It's uh, <laughs> deep fried. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfection. And then, of course, he lifts off the blindfold. And he's like, hang on a minute. Those aren't chip chips. Those are silicon chips. And then he fights him, mm. pushes him off the dirigible. Yeah. Splat! Hits the ground. And what noise does he make as he splats? Splat! <laughs> so yeah, a very good Bond villain. Um, I, I, you could, he, you could tell... Sapdos. That's right. But you could tell... Um, in, that was his last film, his last Bond film, Roger Moore. And you, right. could, you could certainly tell it. I think the guy was about 58. Really? At that point, yeah. He was phoning it in a bit, was he? <laughs> yeah. And to see him, like, kind of getting off with, <laughs> with women in, in their 20s yeah. at that point. Well, it all gets a bit weird. Every Bond every bond is always too old by the time they're doing it. Daniel Craig's 49, and he's snogging 20-year-old women yeah, in his films. I think he's, he's quite a handsome chap, though. I think he's not looking old. Oh, and sorry, Roger Moore... Wasn't what you could you could see at, by this point in A View to a Kill, he was getting the wrinkles on his, uh, mm. his face. So uh, it's not uh, so much as like oh a, a very uh, kind of classy older gent. Let's not dance point, around it. He looked like a ball bag in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> let's not mince words. Let's, let's not speak ill of the dead. How about that? Okay, if you're going to insist, looks like a very handsome ball bag. He looked like yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. My favourite film of his is um, Nine Lives, the uh, film in which Kevin Spacey gets turned into a cat. Yes, yeah. And he's the kind of mystical um, cat shop owner. Mm. You know, he's got the he's clued up about the the moral maze that Kevin Spacey has to navigate as a cat to mm. turn himself back into a human. It's a classic. It is a classic, yeah. But he played a similar character in Click. 
Did he? Yeah. Is that him in Click? I thought it was Adam Sandler. It was Adam Sandler who plays the, the like the main character. The clicker. Yeah, but Christopher Walken plays a similar kind of part where he's like a kind of a quirky uh, shop owner. The clicky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he kind of like gives this uh, remote to the guy. It's like, oh, this will kind of like change your life. So I don't know if maybe they follow the same kind of continuity. They're in the same cinematic universe where he's kind of like going ah. from city to city perhaps. Giving people uh, devices. Well, specifically, not just people, but specifically husbands who don't appreciate their families. That's right. Yeah, mm. he's kind of like going on a, a personal, uh, like a vendetta against people who perhaps yeah don't appreciate what they have in the moment. Well, you say vendetta, but he's helping these people. Don't forget that he's no villain. <laughs> That's true. At the end of each of those films, I think it's revealed that he's actually he's almost a kind of Clarence-like guardian angel. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder who'll be next to befall his um, his antics. He'll turn um, Al Pacino into a pine cone. He's got to realise that... Al Pine Chino. <laughs> it sounds like a, a type of Chino trouser, like a, a particular colour. <laughs> Alpine like, Chino. <laughs> like... I have the Alpine Chinos, a wise choice. <laughs> so. I like to think it will be his film reunion with uh, Robert De Niro after The Godfather Part 2 and Heat. They're finally going to be reunited. In, uh, Al Pacino plays a pine cone and um, Robert De Niro is like a squirrel. <laughs> they become fast friends. Enemies at first, but they learn to get along. Yeah, the, the squirrel was kind of like uh, walking around like, ah, that, this, that, my facial impression doesn't, doesn't translate in an audio, no, medium, it audio it medium. No, it doesn't. Um, for, for those listening, I was doing a, a facial impression. You were squinting, basically. I was squinting and doing like a very odd kind of smile. Yeah. A la Robert De Niro. It's like, oh, I love pinecone. And he grabs the, the pinecone. It's like, oh, are you taking a bite out of me? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, the pinecone's talking. It's like, I'm a talking pinecone. <laughs> From Warner Brothers. <laughs> Al Pacino as a pinecone. As the role he was born to play. <laughs> as Hollywood's shoutiest man. Oh. Do you know what? If they don't sign on to do this film, I think we can get you in there. I think we can probably shoehorn, shoehorn you into both roles. Yeah, I'd, I'm not doing much. <laughs> I'd gladly take that on. <laughs> Christopher Walken, we know he's already on board. It's part of... He's signed up to do the trilogy. Yeah, he's done <laughs> exactly. He's done the first two already. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Remember when James Bond um, flew in at the 2012 Olympics and kid uh, kidnapped the Queen? Oh, yeah, that was quite funny, I thought. That was a, that was a nightmare, wasn't it, though? Because it's when he went rogue and the security forces were after him. He had the Queen and he, he went, bundled her into the back of a van and he's driving around London and oh, yeah. all these athletes are running after him. Uh, the, some of them are throwing javelins. Um, you know, the swimmers, they're not much use. Um, no. Usain Bolt, he made a good go of it. He probably managed to jump on the back of the van and cling on. Um, but yeah, god awful thing to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that that was just like a bit written for the, uh, for the games, but in actuality it wasn't. Very serious, wasn't it? No. <laughs> if that was rehearsed in any way then Paul McCartney would have done a better job at singing <laughs> the only explanation for it was that that was all you know pulled out of a hat he was just doing that to cover up for the fact that James Bond was kidnapping the Queen at that very moment mm. yeah they got her back eventually bit bruised 
She's fine, really. She's always like that. <laughs> yeah. Are you what, are you, what, what are you saying? What can we draw from that? What conclusions can we draw from that? Clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to make some accusations about Prince Philip. <laughs> no. No? Not to my queen. <laughs> We haven't talked about the theme song yet. That's true, yeah. Big part of uh, James Bond. It's... Welcome, welcome. James Bond, everybody. Hello there. Yeah, yes. Good evening, James Bond. How are you today? I've killed a lot of people. Oh, I'm no. a very broken man. Oh, do you show any, any sign of remorse? Do you mean uh, Inspector Remorse? Yes, yes, when is he coming on? <laughs> He's actually going to star as the next James Bond after I pop me clogs. Oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. But isn't he, isn't he dead? What? Uh, this I, is no way to break the news. Uh, I guess, Hoots! <laughs> Hoots, Parky! I'm, I'm very sorry, but perhaps I could do a kind of uh, what they did with Tarkin. Like a, <laughs> un, uncanny CGI. Oh, you're right. That was completely uncanny and did not bring anybody out of the film. That is absolutely right. James Bond, everybody. <laughs> do, 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 do. Hey. Bastard. Oh, yeah. The end of another episode. Mm. Most of this episode was about James Bond. Very concise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if concise is the word I'd use. But I think we were um, we were pretty on point. Yeah. This whole episode. Didn't really go off topic. No, not at all. Not much, if any, at all. No. I think we've given people quite a good understanding of uh, the world of James Bond. We've hit on uh, a lot of the main kind of uh, topics um, to do with it. Um, I particularly think we filled people in on the villains. Mm. A lot of people will have uh, forgotten some of those those details, those facts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the music, um, the actors who played him. Very, it's all there. Very concise. Mm, mm, mm. So, with that in mind, we'll call it quits and say goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Seriously, though, goodbye. Toodles. <laughs>